Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup, oh, blocked by James! With all your latest sports news and commentary, you're listening to the TNT Podcast with your hosts, Tyler Layfield and Torres Finney. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the TNT Podcast with your boy, Torres Finney and Tyler Layfield. Now, today we got a special guest, my old teammate, old roommate, NFL player right now for the Cleveland Browns, Tay Davis. What's up, Tay? How you doing, bro? (laughs) What's up, man? How are y'all? Good, good. We're doing good, man. Chilling, killing, killing. I feel it. Uh, so, for so long, I mean, hey, I ain't talk to you, talk to you sporadically here and there, but how's it been going, bro? How's it been going, you know? I mean, I can't complain, man, you know, it's, I mean, you know, it's day by day at this point. Um, it's been a crazy year for so far, um, I think, for everyone, so it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's been interesting. Um, I mean, it's definitely all of us kind of on our, to keep all of us on our toes and constantly adjusting, so, um I mean, that's that's pretty much it. <laughs> with the flow. Yeah. Uh, so, so I know you and Torres, you guys were roommates um, at UTC, right? And right. Um, he told me, so when he, we were talking about bringing you on the show, he mentioned that you had just a, like a, a really cool story about how you made it to where you're at. Um, and I've been waiting to hear this for a couple weeks now. So would you mind giving me that, uh, giving me the spill on it? Yeah, man, I got you. So I, um, I mean, we kind of just touching high school a little bit. High school, I did not think I would end up at UTC. Um, I felt like I was, you know, um, SEC caliber player from the jump coming out of high school, even with the injuries and everything I had. Um, but, you know, that just wasn't what God had in store, in store for me. So I ended up deciding to come to um, UTC, um, graduate in 2014. And, you know, Went in as a true freshman. Um, didn't play much on the special teams, uh, which I didn't like at the time. I was highly upset, especially, you know, kind of seeing, like, other guys that I came in with that were true freshmen playing a lot. You know, I just wasn't playing a lot. And, you know, it was kind of tough to deal with just because of the confidence I had within myself. Uh, so that first year, you know, was strictly special teams, mop-up duty. We blew a team out. And um, going into my sophomore year, I, I said to myself, I wouldn't um, – I wasn't gonna let that happen again. That I was gonna do everything I could. Um, long story short, you know, the same thing kind of happened again, and I was frustrated um, at the time. Definitely contemplating um, transferring and you know just doing and just trying to get somewhere so I can play ball. But um, just something in my, within my head just told me just to stay put. And at the end of the day, you know, I was getting a good education, mm-hmm. so I ended up staying put again. Um, and it comes, you know, to my junior year, I, I really feel like I'm prepared. I'm ready you know I've learned a lot and at the time I'm just you know asking the coaches you know what 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 is there I can do you know more you know and I got just got flat out told um you're doing everything right you know it's just not your time you know we have some guys that's ahead of you that's older and um you know they're playing at a high caliber as well and I definitely understood it but I was also upset at the same time because I felt like I could be out there helping more too and it could have been a rotation at the same time. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, you know, what the coaches, you know, what they believe, um, you know, that's what it's going to do. So at that time, I kind of just – I wouldn't say, I lost a lot of confidence in myself. But at the same time, I just told myself, you know what, 
you know, whatever God has planned for me, you know, is for me. So I'm just going to have fun with all of this. So I was playing special teams again, just straight special teams. And um, when I started having fun with and just kind of set the role that they gave me, um, I started making a ton of plays just on special teams and, you know, the type of plays that won us ball games and affected the outcome of the game. And, you know, I started to get a lot of recognition from that and, and the guys and everything like that. And it was, you know, it felt good. It felt good to get recognized, you know, not playing that much, but still, you know, having guys come up to you from another team saying, like, we have the game plan for you. Like, you wow. know, why are you playing, you know, much more? Why are you not playing on defense? Like, you're a hell of a player. And, you know, that, that kind of just felt good because it just reassured how I was feeling inside. And, you know, towards later that season, I um, kind of played a little bit on defense. It wasn't until our last game before the playoffs we played Alabama. Um, mm-hmm. I got in – which is straight special teams. So the first we kicked, we started off with the kickoff. Um, I made that tackle, and then we who'd you down. tackle? Who was it? Was the return man? Uh, I can't even remember honestly. Wow. Okay. Was this like when uh, Rugs, Judy, all them were were still there? No, they no. There was a um. This was Jay when Jalen Hurts was there. Yeah. yeah oh, okay. Hurts. So it was, it was a little bit before then. Okay. Yeah. yeah. OJ Howard, then. those boys. All right. So we um, – and then we end up driving the ball down and we end up scoring. We kicked the field goal, so we kicked the ball off again. And I made made the first two tackles on from kickoff, so it was pretty, pretty nice to um, do. And just simply because, I mean, growing up an Alabama fan, knowing a lot of those guys um, and having family watching, you know, just to get kind of recognized was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. But um, later that game, I will say like halfway through the midway point, kind of early third quarters, um, I got in on defense and um, – it's just safe, kind of safe to say, like, the rest was history. I ended up leading a team in tackles um, the wow. game and just kind of had a really great ball game, had guys, you know, from there, you know, complimenting me, saying, you know, that I was a heck of a player, you know, and definitely could play, you know, at an SEC, you know, type school and everything like that. So, again, it felt good. So, going into the playoffs, I started playing a little bit more and started making my mark there and, you know, had some pretty good games. So, it felt like everything was starting to turn. Um, still wasn't starting, wasn't playing as much as I wanted to, but was playing a little bit more on defense, and it just it felt good. Um, once we got done with that season, we lost um, Sam Houston State. Uh, Coach Huseman at the time, him and his coaching staff left, and they went over to Richmond. So um, at that point, I was just like, well, like I've done all of this. I've done all yeah. this. You know, we're at a crossroads. Like my, my time is supposed to come, and now it hasn't. Like mm-hmm. now we got a whole coaching staff. Like what's, what's going on? And I just remember telling my mom, it's like, you know, like, if it's not, you know, who I like, I'm going to transfer. And more than like, I was going to transfer to JSU, which is so bad to say because they're our rival. But uh, oh. God. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he's being honest. He's being honest with us, man. But, um, <laughs> at the time of me, my head coach was John. Um, the head coach there is John Gross, and he was my high school coach. So that, um, that, connection and this relationship was already there and it would, I knew something you know would come from it as well so um, but my mom just you know told me she's like just give it a chance um, you definitely don't want to be you know back close to home like I know that for a fact so I gave it a shot um, when they hired you know the guy um, Tom Arth I didn't know who like I was like wait who like mm-hmm. where's this guy coming from like what who's John Carroll what is John Carroll and you just kind of you try to search him up and you didn't find anything except that he would play quarterback for the Colts. So you like, I'm like, ah, like, I don't know. Like, you know, just like, you know, probably everyone else was like, all right, who is this guy? Um, 
when he had his, his press conference, he called me right after that. We talked wow. on the phone for maybe 15 minutes. And I just remember after that phone call, I told my mom, I was, she looked at me and she's like, do you still want to transfer? I was like, no, like, I feel like something. I can't put my finger on it, but mm-hmm. there's something about this guy that I really like and that is going to be good for us. Um, cool. After that, I talked to Coach Staley at the time. He was our defensive coordinator, which, who also came from um, John Carroll. He explained, our, explained the defensive scheme that we would be running and just explained it to me, like, how it would fit um, as – you know, for me as a player and like, mm-hmm. and how it's relatable to the pros and that, you know, everything they do is pro. They're going to treat us like a pro and it's the terminology. Everything is going to be um, as if you were in the NFL. And I really liked that as well, because that was, you know, that's the ultimate goal for every guy that wants to play football is to make it to the NFL. So yeah. to kind of get into that early and the terminology and the type of defense, like I was, I was all for it. So I was hyped. And he was just, you know, asking me, he's like, you know, we've already watched a couple of, we watched film on you. Like, so the real question is, why have, why aren't you playing? Like, is it attitude? Like, is it grades or anything? I was like, no, like, I mean, academic on a row, if not Dean's list, you know, I don't, no one have nothing bad to say about me. I was like, you know, I asked the coaches what I was doing wrong. They said nothing, just wasn't my time. And he's like, okay. Um, you know, and he's like, well, we're excited to get you up and like start, you know, working with you and everything and with all the other guys. I was like, yes, sir. So we get up. Um, you know, I'm getting around the guys, and the first thing I wanted to do was dive in the playbook. That's the first thing I wanted. So that's what I was all I was doing. Dove in the playbook, and I was just working, just grinding it out. And, you know, they came back to me and just asked me, it's like, hey, like, you know, what you told us, the reason why you're playing, like, it's, it held up true. Um, there's not one – there wasn't one bad thing that no one said about you from, you know, janitors to – athletic director to you know the people that work in the cafeteria everyone had something unbelievable to say about you and you know that he said that would means a lot and you know just talking about switching back to football he was just asking you know he's like you look more impressive especially during the Bama game when you rode down in the box and how you were you know just being physical and getting off the blocks he's like so that you know that's really nice to see it's like you're a big safety and you know for us it's not so much as if you're going to play or start is, um, it's going to be like, where are you going to start at? It's like, you have the ability to play safety and you can, you know, potentially move down to linebacker. And my whole career at chat, I was, I was getting joked about with like, Hey, you should move the linebacker. You're going to get switched linebacker. Like you're too big to play safety. Like you're fat and all of this, but oh, I mean, it was just always a joke, but, uh, it was something I was like, and eh, like it hasn't happened by now, so it's not gonna happen. So I mean, I'm just gonna be a big safety. And Cam Chancellor was like, yeah. he was my idol. Like that's that's yeah. the safety I really looked up to, and that's someone I tried to model my game after, for sure. So um, I mean, I just told the coaches, you know, whatever helps the team, I'll, I'm willing to do it. Um, it was probably a week or two outside of spring before we actually got on the field. We were just kind of meeting and stuff. And they pulled me into the office. I was sitting in the DB room going over the playbook with um, Coach Cooley at the time, who is now with the um, St. Saint Louis, L.A. Rams, correct? Oh, yeah, the Rams. And, uh, Just changed over. All right. He's also yeah. there with Coach Staley, too. Um, Coach Staley now. Who is now the coordinator. defensive coordinator. Yep. Yeah. Really? So, uh, yeah. It's, wow. it's, they're out there. So um, I just remember um, they called me out of the office. So Cooley walks in. I walk in there. There's Coach Arth. There's Coach Covington, who's now um, – he was there for a little bit, but now he's coaching with the Patriots. He was there. Yes. Um, Coach Staley. 
And Coach Cooley walked in and was like, hey, like, we want to just talk to you about something. I'm like, what's up? Like, my heart's beating fast. I'm like, I don't know what I did or, you know, what someone said. And it's like, we think um, we may need you to switch to linebacker. And I was like, um, okay. And he's like, you know, at the time we had a guy that was uh, kind of got in, the, you know, in a little bit of a debacle and was going to miss some time in the upcoming season. And we had another guy um, just – coming off for um, rehabbing from hip surgery. So we were pretty thin at linebacker in the spring. And he was just saying that, you know, right now looking at the roster, like we may need you to switch the linebacker. Like that's what's probably going to happen. Like how would you be open to that? We don't want to make you do anything you don't want to do. And I said, coach, like I'm for the team. So if it's going to help us, then I'm all for it. And he was like, you know, and another thing is we want to talk to you about why we want you to move. And he was like, have you kind of noticed the trend of linebackers in the NFL? It's like, no, like they're all, you know, pretty big and mm-hmm. things like that. And he was like, no, not really. Like they're starting to switch, you know. And you look at guys like a Dion Buchanan, um, yeah. like a Ron Shazier. Mm-hmm. He's like Levante David, um, Quan Alexander. Got to be able to cover <laughs> and, and, and stuff mm-hmm. to run, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they start naming, like, naming these guys off. And um, Aligo, who was like our – he was – our player personnel coach at the time, who spent time in the league as well, he he walked in and you know he started talking to me more, and they just told me I was saying that you know like, no doubt we think you can you know make it to NFL as a safety, but moving down to linebacker with your size and speed, and that would give you the largest um, chance of making it to the next level. So once they told me that and just the me learning that they have a lot of um, NFL connection, NFL background. I was like, all right, yeah, like sign me up. I'm going to do it. So we get out the spring, man. And honestly, I didn't know what I was doing. I was, I mean, the stance was ugly. Like I, I didn't, <laughs> it was bad, but. And I used to pop him a few times. Uh-huh. Yes, yeah. now I believe he's, it. He's lying here. He's lying. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> but the first started taking off, man. I I think the first the first play that I had at linebacker in spring practice, I shot a gap and made a tackle before a loss, and everybody was like, "Oh, like, yeah, okay, like we got something to work with." Yeah. And just that spring, it was just I was really raw, wasn't doing anything like probably correct, but I was just flying around making plays, and some of sometimes it got me in trouble and sometimes I just looked like a complete stud so it was just one of those things so you know at the end of spring they just told me that's like hey like you know you're very raw but you got to work on the what you know linebacker work Mm -hmm. technique using your hands getting off blocks you know staying low shuffling and doing all this stuff not crossing over and so that whole summer was devoted to suggest that like I knew I had to speed I knew I could cover and do all these other things but it was just more along the terms of just me working on those things only. And that's what I was, that's what I ended up doing. Um, and, you know, the season rolling around, I mean, the first game was, we played JSU, which was our rival. Um, I mean, I had a pretty good game that game. I, had, I think I had like nine tackles or something like that. Yeah. And then um, the next game was the LSU game. And I could just, you know, I seen, I looked in a lot of guys' eyes. And they didn't have that look in their eye that I liked. And it was, I don't know if they're scared, spooked, or what, but man, I tell you what, I was hyped. I was, I was ready. Um, just playing against, you know, as you know, a team like that, especially believing that you can be on that type of level, man, it was, it was all, it was all go for me, man. I was, I was ready. I ended up with that game. I had 15 tackles, a sack, 
and um, wanting to have tacos for a loss. Like I would, like it was, it was probably one of my worst games in terms of like pure like linebacker, like tech, like efficiency and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but just in terms of athletic ability and just showing what I can do and just making plays flying around, like it was one of my best games. What year was that? That was my senior year. 17, 2017. 17, okay. so yeah, the guys and all those guys. Okay, so pre-Burrow. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be cool. So, yeah, like not, not that that still wasn't bad, but I'm just saying, you know, Burrow, man. Yeah. Yeah, so um, <laughs> we um, – just that that kind of just catapulted the season. So I remember after that game, actually, I got called out by um, Maligo. He kind of gave – we had this shoe, like a woman's heel, and it was kind of like step up. Like, what are you going to do, like, to step up? And, I mean, I was pissed that he gave it to me. I was like, okay, he's just trying to be funny at this point. And that next game, like, I don't think not one person blocked me. Like, I looked like a complete different person, like, as far as, like, linebacker-wise. And, like – that season, the rest was history. Like, I just started just reeling it off. Like, it was just pow, 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 pow. Like, it was going crazy. And then um, I can't remember exactly when I got the concussion, but I got a concussion, and uh, it was it was bad. So, I was just like uh, – I think that was pre um, – I think that was – no, I can't remember if any when it was, man, but mm-hmm. it I'm happened. Say, I, I think, I think it, cause did you play Sanford? No, I played Sanford. Okay, so then it was uh, – gosh, Finney, I know, I know. I, I know the game I came back was Citadel, so I missed the Furman and uh, Mercer game. Mercer, oh, okay. that's right. Okay. I missed Mercer. And it, so it right. happened in Western Carolina. Was it Western Carolina? No, it, happened the, it happened the week of Furman. Remember, it was that we last – it happened the last practice before we uh, – Oh, man. That Thursday. And uh, that was pretty bad in itself. But and I was so upset that I had to, um, that happen. Um, but I mean, you know, God doesn't make mistakes. But you know, just touching on it, um, basically, I still didn't think I had a chance to kind of go to the next level. I was just out there playing ball, man. I was yeah. just happy I finally started, and I was just like going out there, going crazy. And I remember we were on our way to Wofford. And I was asleep, and I woke up, and I had a DM request, and I'm like, all right, who is this guy? And it was from an agent. And I'm like, I'm like, all right, like this is weird. Um, uh-huh. He was like, hey, congratulations on your um, in, on your uh, NFL PA Collegiate Bowl invitation. I'm like, wait, what? So I walk up to Aligo, and I I give it to him. like I show him the DM, and he looks at me. He was like, hey, once we get off the um, bus, come to my room ASAP. We have to talk. And I'm like, well, like, what is all of this? So we get done with the walkthrough. We go there, and he's like, hey, um, so we're trying to keep this a secret. He's like, we're not going to post it until you officially uh, get the invitation. But, yes, you've been invited. You've been chosen to be um, to go out and play in the NFL field at the end of the season out in um, California, which they usually do it in Carson. But this time they did it in um, L.A., and wow. they had us played at the Rose Bowl. So we stayed downtown at the Intercontinental um, Hotel. Like, it was crazy. And at this point, I'm just like, all right, uh, what is this? And he was just like, you don't understand. Like, you have a great chance of making it to the next level. Like, you're you're going to one of the top three, like, scout games for the NFL. There is, it's like, the Senior Bowl. Uh-huh. You got the NFLPA and East, what, East and West Shrine game, which is, like, they connect with each other. So, I'm just like, what? So, he's, like, telling me, he's like, if you go out there – tomorrow and play 10 minutes act like you're not trying to get hurt like i'm gonna kill you because i shouldn't have told you this and i'm like all right (laughs) i go out there have a great game um and you know that whole season in itself 
um, I just felt myself very upset the whole season. Not, you know, because we weren't, we weren't many, winning many ball games. And I want to win. Like, I love to win. Like, I hate mm-hmm. losing, um, especially coming up to that point. I haven't lost much. So, you know, growing up, didn't lose games. High school, uh, middle school, like, we just didn't win. We didn't lose ball games. Um, even, you know, got to chat, like, we didn't lose that many ball games either. And, you know, I was blessed to have um, one, two. I have two rings right now, uh, conference champs. And that senior year was tough. And it was kind of tough. It's like, all right, I'm having individual success, but I want to I want to win. Like, I don't care, you know, what I'm doing. Like, I want to win some ball games. So that season was just tough in itself. But, you know, towards the end of that season, man, it just everything started to pick up. Like, I had agents start reaching out to me. Um, especially after I posted and got the invitation officially, like it was, it was crazy. Like people were following me all types of places, um, like different um, scout pages who were trying to do interviews and just kind of get up on me. And I had no idea what to do. Mm-hmm. So I kind of the legal and asked him, I was like, Hey, like you've, you've been in this type of world. Like I need your help. You're the only one that I know. So he's just kind of, he kind of helped me and walked me through this whole process. And um, definitely made it a lot easier. Um, kind of gave me a pointers on like what to ask, what to look for, you know, an agent. And at the end of the day, you know, I have to I have to work with this guy. So well, whoever I pick, you know, it got to fit me. No, no one else it can't be mom, can't be your friend, it can't be anyone else. But as long as you have that fit, so that's what we ended up doing, man. I went out there to the <laughs> NFL PA game. They didn't, no one knew who I was. I'm looking at other guys, like you know. Got Georgia, like right here. You got Florida there. You got Alabama. Like you have all these teams. Yeah. And you're like, wow, like I start thinking, do I belong here? Like, what's what's going on? Like, this got to be a mistake. And um, you know, it was kind of cool because some of the people there actually knew they knew who I was. Like, you know, oh. that was in the NFL, like, over the NFLPA. And I was like, oh, like you know, Tom Murphy's your coach. Um, okay. And you know, some of the scouts were John Carroll guys also, so they knew about me and just kind of it kind of made me feel at ease a little bit mm-hmm. um, until the first day we got out there the first day I was um, I didn't look as good as you know I knew I would be um, it's just kind of second guess myself and just all felt like I was just a step late um, I kind of just I remember calling my mom telling her what happened calling coach Aligo telling him uh, kind of talked to my agent at the time and it was just like man just go out there and have fun and be you like don't try to be anyone else but be you and then like that rest of the week I was flying around making plays. Uh, I remember I had like a dot, had a, it was a tilt pass and I dove and caught the interception like in the back of the end zone. Like it was, like I was flying around making plays about the end of the week. A lot of people knew who I were, who I was. And mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I probably talked to maybe like 20 teams that week, which wow. was unheard of. So we'd play the game. I ended up starting in the game, which is cool. Like just doing that. And after that, I was like, all right, like what's next? And well, I kind of started getting feedback and, between my agent and legal, I was like, hey, like, you're, you're blowing up on a lot of people's pages. Like, you really have a shot. So we're steady, steady training, doing mm-hmm. all this, all while finishing up school also. So, like, I'm out there in NFL, out there in California during that week. I'm still doing school work and everything. Um, I promised my grandma and mom that I would finish school before I did anything. So I have to uphold that promise. Um, so, yeah, man, it was, it was crazy. Um, you know, pro day comes up. <laughs> I sprained my ankle, oh. which was nice. Uh, but still was able to run a um, hand time four four nine, and wow. then the and Get then it. by that time, um, 
by the time the second one came up, ankle started to swell up, so I really couldn't. So it was, it was kind of sh- average off because the second one was like four, five, nine, four, six flat. But um, no, like after that first one, like you know, it was, it was evident that it was like, all right, this guy's for real. And Definitely. after that, you know, I had teams calling like, hey, like we're gonna draft you. And I'm like, oh, like right. really? Yeah, like it was, it was, wow. like, it was just crazy. So I tell my mom all this. So we end up having the draft day party, like on a day three. We was at Taco Mac in Chattanooga. It was small, like it was just with my family. Um, you know, some of the coaches came through a little bit. And I'm just sitting there, like the anticipation building up. And I'm like, wow, like this is going to be crazy. Mm-hmm. Like if I get my, get my name called and, you know, the agent's telling me, it's like the three places I think you're going to end up at is Buffalo, the Giants, or the um, Panthers. And I'm like, okay, like. All right, like this is, this all, is right, crazy. all right. Who who were you favoring if you had to pick between those three at that time? Who do you think you were you were favoring at that at that point? Um, right at that very exact moment, uh-huh. I thought the Panthers were gonna grab me, and my grandma okay. was ecstatic about that. Why? Because she likes to call Cam Newton her um second, her other grandson that's in the um. Loves <laughs> 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 Cam Newton, so she was all for it. Uh-huh. And, they started going by. Um, they didn't get drafted by the Giants. Didn't get Buffalo. Really didn't call. And it's coming up. I think it was like the sixth round or like the early seventh round. And the Panthers call, and I'm just like, I'm like freaking out. Yeah. And I on my pillow, and I'm like, yeah, what's up, coach? And everybody gets quiet and get the phones out, and I'm just like, is this in my mind? I'm like, is this about to happen? Because their pick is like two picks away, and I'm just like, and you know, yeah. talking. I'm talking, and then it was like, hey, man, like, we're not going to um, draft you. And I'm just like – like, it's just like I turned yeah. around. Everyone had their phones out and stuff. And I look at my mom. Like, she's already crying because she's thinking, like, she's about to get the news. And I'm just, like, trying God. to hold it in. And I had to tell everyone that um, I was like, they're not drafting me. So, everybody, like, it was – like, it sucked all the air out the room. Like, everyone was just devastated. Now, did you, did you respect that, though? Like, was that kind of like a courtesy thing on their end? Like, did you kind of respect um, it? Or did how did you take it, really? I mean, for me, I was just like, why did I, you know, why do we have this long talk before I uh, just told me, like, you could have just been like, hey, man, like, or not call at all. Like, you know, yeah. that would be perfectly fine, too. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I'm on that side. Like, don't just <laughs> they, don't they, call. I mean, do you, <laughs> I think they may have meant well, but, yeah, that got your hopes up. So, I was just like, you know, it's fine, man. Like, it's whatever. So, at this point, I'm just like, I went from getting nervous to, like, now I'm growing, like, angry. So, I'm, like, seeing yeah. guys, I'm like, I know I'm better than this guy, like, and I just started getting more and more angry, and ultimately, I didn't get drafted, so, like, we left, and I, you know, I told my mom, I said, I don't want to be bothered by anyone, uh-huh. so I just went to my room and laid down, I laid down, tried to take a nap, and at the time, um, I didn't, I was about to turn my phone off, and it was like, don't turn your phone off, like, it's, like, it's going to be okay. Yeah. Um, I always say, <laughs> I laid down and my phone just started blasting and ringing. Like it was from different teams. Like, hey, like, hey, uh, we like want to sign you as a free agent, all this stuff. And I'm just like, ah, like, what is I say? Just contact my agent, contact my agent. And then the Giants finally called. And it's like, hey, like, we talked. And it's, um, at the time, it's Coach McGovern who um, he came down and worked me out. And the um, at the time, Robbie Leonard, Rob Leonard, who's now I think the linebacker coach at the Dolphins, he um, also came down to see me during pro day as well. So both of the Giants. You know, linebacker coaches came down and they saw me and, you know, and just kind of showed just how serious they were about me. Yeah. And I'm just sitting I'm like, okay. And he's like, hey, like, you know, who's all, you know, who's all you talk talked to and everything and who are you thinking about? And he was like, 
he just broke it down to me. He was, he just said, he's like, I'm gonna keep it simple. He's like, did any other coach come down to see you during this whole process? I said, no. I said, you know, I said the bills. He said, um, okay. He said, did any of them send both of their linebacker coach down? I said, no. He said, okay. He said, for us, you're a priority. You're just not a roster filler. He's like, we want you here. And the little side note was at the time, Coach Aligo, he knew a lot of people in the organization, so he's calling also on the phone with them. And at the time, at that that year, the Giants only had five draft picks, and their last pick was in the fifth round, like early fifth round. Mm-hmm. They drafted my friend um, R.J. McIntosh from Miami. Um, okay. So they didn't have any more picks after that. And Aligo's like, hey, like they had your card flipped over, like they thought you could speak about it. And they were um, on the phone with another guy. And when they found out that I was still available, they hung up on that guy and they called me. Oh, and wow. After all of that, next thing I knew, I was like on a three-way call with the Giants and my agent. And that's when I chose to sign with the um, New York Giants. That's a pri- um, priority um, undrafted, undrafted free agent. Yeah. So. I just remember announcing that on Twitter and like Instagram and like my phone. Like I had so many notifications. Like I called my mom. She's driving back to Alabama from Tennessee. To see and she just slams on the brakes, like in the middle of the highway. She's like freaking out. Like she's happy and everything. I'm like crying. Like I'm excited. And I got so many notifications that my phone crashed. Like I couldn't turn it on, do anything for like. <laughs> Like, I just had to let it be. But uh, it was an unreal feeling, man. And then um, get there, end up earning a spot. And the rest was history pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Made plays. I mean, you know, he got some highlights. I remember his hit against um, Ezekiel Elliott when they played the Cowboys. Uh Uh-oh. You know, yeah, Tay got some plays, man. So, I I would say this. um, Overall, I mean, you had a great story. Is more yes. of inspirational than anything because it's a great lot testimony, of testimony, man. Really, a big time testimony because even sometimes in your high moments, there still was a low point, and you was like, "Man, can I get through this?" And as you, as we always know, God always has a path for us, and we just got to be patient and follow it. And that's one thing that you did. I mean, and you know, a lot of people around didn't see what you saw, but you kept working and you kept fighting, and. That's a big thing, and that's a big uh, testimony from from you and to other people to inspire other people, and it's really big. It's really big. Awesome, yeah, for real. So, uh, so now, so speed us up to what's going on now. So, who are you currently with um, at the moment? I'm currently with the Cleveland Browns. Okay, and how did that one come about? Yeah. Um, so that one, so basically, my rookie year with the Giants. Um, I missed the first few games, and after that, with the, had a strained hamstring. Um, but after that, we was just playing special teams. A guy gets hurt. Um, it was – and I remember coming in, like, that week of – we were playing Atlanta, at Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Um, you know, I have family coming in. Yeah. And, I'm, and I see my number, like, under the rotation, like, in one of the packages, and I'm looking. It was like, yeah, like, you, you're playing defense now, so, like, get ready. So I'm like, like oh. Like shit, like what is this? So I call my mom, tell her, like they're freaking out, and I'm like, okay, like this is my moment. And I get there, and I made a couple of plays, and like they shot me out on like Monday Night Football, and like, oh, 
Yep, I remember that. <laughs> and then that next week I started my first game. Like it was like it was crazy. And I kind of started like was periodically like starting. If I wasn't starting out, I was getting a lot of PT on defense as well, as special teams. And, you know, it felt really good. So at the end of that season, man, they was like, hey, like you have a chance to start. So we go into my second year. And I win the um, starting job, and, you know, as a starting middle linebacker for the Giants. And at that point, man, I, you can you can you can say anything to bring me down. Like I was, yeah. I felt like like couldn't stop. Me. Like I finally made it. And um, just when I felt like I was on top of the world, um, I I have this I have sickle cell trait. And well, you know, my whole time I thought that just because I have a trait, I wouldn't. Um, get affected by it I wouldn't kind of get sick or you know start feeling bad and different things like that mm-hmm. um through the training camp and like even in the first in Dallas um I was dealing with that and got it kind of just like battling like things with my health and um that Dallas game I knew you know being an undrafted guy that my chances weren't um too many especially with them drafting a guy in that draft class that I knew that would want to eventually see play so I wanted to make the most of my opportunities but um at the same time, I was hurting myself because I didn't try to speak up on, on how, like, I was feeling in terms of, like, my health. And I tried to tough that game out and was making mistakes more than, you know, mm. I would, more than I would usually make. And, you know, even was still flying around making plays, but I was, there was mistakes were still there and it kind of, you know, hurt us. And I was very hard on myself. And um, after that game, they took my starting job away. Um, and they wish they said they were focused on my health um just kind of like that was the main priority I need to get that back right before I do anything else and at the time I just felt like I was devastated you know I put all that work in and I just felt like you know it it just got stripped away from it just like that so um I get back we start back playing um play a little bit so the Tampa game I think is maybe the third game third or fourth game mm-hmm. and um I played there Start back playing on defense a little bit. One of the guys go down, and I'm back out there playing like a, a ton. Yeah. And I'm thinking like this is my time. Like all the guys are like this is your moment. Like so I get back out there and flying around making plays, and then I get a really bad concussion. Um, I try to play. Really didn't know I had it. but kept trying to play, and then I just barely get touched. I I drop to the ground. I try to get up, shake it off. I drop right back down, and don't remember anything and next thing you know I'm in the locker room I'm like all right like what's going on um after that um it was it was bad man I didn't don't remember playing that game we watched the film that like Monday and I'm looking at the screen and you know I'm watching these plays and I'm just like I don't even remember making these plays which was crazy and you know I get back from that heal up from that I missed two games and I'm thinking like, you know what, like, this Thursday night football, like, I'm going to play against Tom Brady. Like, I'm going to get back oh, wow. in the Like, I'm going to be ready. And, you know, I wasn't even active for that game. Mm-hmm. And the next game, I played a little bit. Um, just special teams with my family came up, which was pretty nice. And that next game was a Detroit game, and I was back inactive. And I kind of just felt something in my, my stomach that something was coming up. And that following week, like, I was, um, I was released from the Giants. Yeah. And – it was tough. It just went from I was like here to like, man, nothing can you know stop me to like back down like to square one, and I was just like, like how? Yeah. It was tough because there were like two instances where I really couldn't um, control. Like you know, I'm a very healthy person in general, take mm-hmm. care of my body, but 
it was just something where I got sick, you know, dealing with the sickle cell stuff, and it was nothing I could do. And I couldn't – I'm very known. Like, I'm, I'll play through an injury, but I can't play through a concussion. So it was just like back-to-back where it just kind of just knocked me down. Mm-hmm. And I really didn't get why. Um, I got to Cleveland, and I was – I was depressed, man. I was hurt. Like, I was still mad um, at the time. Like, I was just – I was there, but my – you know, my body was there in Cleveland, but my heart was still in New York. Like, all my friends and stuff there. Yeah. Like, it was tough. And I just kind of, you know, like, talked to mom, talked to my grandma, you know, prayed. And she's like, you know what? Like, I got to let it go. If not, like, I'm I'm not going to give my all here. And mm-hmm. I just went there. We're just playing straight special teams and ended up contributing a whole lot to the point to where I think our last home game was against the Ravens. I ended mm-hmm. up becoming um, special teams captain. And okay. I was a long time, but, you know, just that alone, just kind of, they, they told me I deserved it. I came in and, like, did what I had to do and, like, you know, and was a guy for them. So, they really spoke volumes. So, um, headed to this season, man, I'm, I'm excited. Um, you know, I feel like, you know, a lot of people are counting, you know, us out as a team, but. Torres. <laughs> <laughs> we ju- we literally just had a, a show. A we just had a yeah. show, Matt Tay, and and this man <laughs> he's saying the the Browns at the bottom. But hey, I, I'm with you. I I think that you guys can uh, can fight for a playoff spot, hopefully. So I, I think you'll bounce back. But um, yeah. but that's good to hear that you're you're back with the team and that um everything's starting to uh, look back um you know going up for you and everything. What's going well, Tay? Um, I would like to ask you this one thing. Um, you know, everything's been going on with COVID and, uh, you know, all this type of stuff with the cases and the all the different type of uh, major leagues closing down. You got MLB, NBA suspended their season. Uh, March Madness canceled. I mean, mm-hmm. all. So what's the plans for the NFL? I mean, you see that um, – you know, the, the league is trying to find different avenues to keep playing football. As of right now, Roger Goodell said there will be a football yeah. season. So, you know, what is going on? What are your thoughts on that? Oh, uh, well, I mean, just NFL, like, there ain't no way they're going to miss out on the money, man. So, if, <laughs> if there's a way, if there's a will, there's a way, man. They're going to make it happen. Um, I mean, honestly, right now what I've been hearing is it's not too much of anything, man. I know we um, we got our report date. Um, for when we're supposed to report, but um, we're just told that, it, you know, it's subject to change. Um, you know, there's still some things that need to be worked out in terms of, you know, the guidelines and, like, what how we're going to do this. And, you know, because, I mean, it's going to be tough to try to social distance with, um, you know, a whole football team plus, you know, the people that work in the building and the organization and everything like that. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting, man. I, I mean, my take is, you know, I hope we play um, more alone because, you know, this is my contract year. Like, it's my last year of my rookie contract, so I want to get out there and um, have a pretty great year so I can kind of, you know, have that momentum going into contract talk. Um, but at the at the same time, you know, I'm, I'm very big on my health, um, especially with me kind of, you know, just having this the sickle cell trader, just different things of coming home, you know, with your loved ones or different things. Like, you don't, you don't want to put anyone at risk. And, it, you know, it's just one of those, you know, unique things um you know you can't just seclude all the football team you know just keep them separate you can't keep them from their families like it's and we have way too many players to kind of try to keep um separated like that like it's it's yeah. going to be tough um so it, 
it's going to be interesting, you know, what to see what we come up with. Um, I know for sure that the NFL is definitely planning on having fans in the stadium full capacity, unless told otherwise. So oh, wow. I saw that. I saw that. <laughs> interesting. It's going to be. It's going to be interesting, man. Um, I know they. I saw something where they did like the estimate just from concession stands, parking, and just like I think beer, like just sales in within the stadium. It was estimated up to like six billion dollars alone. That's not, not counting tickets or anything like that. Just parking, concession stand. And just uh, merchandise sales from stadiums. Okay. The NFL uh, don't make that money, boy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're they're big Can't on it, man. Them. So it's it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see what um they end up coming up with. So, so um, what are your thoughts? Oh, go ahead. Yo, yo, here, all right. So real quick. So yeah, obviously, you know, like you said, with a bigger roster, you don't really um you, you can't really do what NBA is about to do, where they're going to go to Disney World and. Uh, you know, go, everybody go to a hotel, chill out, play your games, all that kind of stuff. So it looks like you guys are going to be doing like a normal uh, type season. Um, but one thing I was going to ask was when when it comes to your training, like how, how has COVID affected that? Like uh, has that affected the way you've been going into the different facilities you can access or um, maybe do you have like yeah. any trainers you're having to take certain precautions? Um, well, I mean, you know, when – when all the stay at home and like statewide like lockdowns were happening, um, there was no facilities open. So you had to get, you know, pretty creative in terms of what you did. Like, you know, if you weren't a guy that had the nice gym at home gym and different things, you had to find different ways to kind of get it done, whether that was, you know, just a lot of body weight stuff with, you know, pure volume or um, you, you just kind of band workouts um mm -hmm. so it was definitely for me it was more like band body weight um you know a lot of yard work carrying around different things and stuff with weight so you just kind of keep yourself busy um and then a lot more running like you know it got me more and a lot more like running for like endurance just going out for a job just running you know for distance and doing a lot more field work so just those things in itself um really was what i did i'm sure a lot of guys were able to do as well um i know for the browns they were they did a really great job with communicating with us and figuring out what we had access to. And mm -hmm. they, um, once the NFL gave, you know, the go ahead that we could do this, that they um, sent out customized um, little workout thing deals for each player um, based off of what they had access to and not had access to. So it was, it was really cool. And That's once, cool. you know, I got that stuff in, like it was a lot easier to kind of do it. And they tweaked the um, whole workout program from the off season, like, to where based off of the stuff that you had access to and as far as meetings and stuff we just kind of been doing everything through zoom so and they mailed out our ipad so okay cool so what was the question you had torres well i was basically asking uh like deal like with a lot of the things with COVID 19 how would you feel if you had ever had to play a football game in a silent stadium oh god imagine um, that okay. i mean for me man it'll be tough because the fans, whether it's a home game or away game, like, you know, it feels you, like it gets you going. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's what you, you know, yes, we're professionals, you know, we have to go out and do what we have to do. But, you know, we look forward to that, you know, each week um, going out there, playing in front of your family, friends, um, fans, like you look forward to it. And it, it just creates that excitement and kind of knowing that, you know, it, you wouldn't have that element. I mean, it's going to be tough. You have to find your, um, another way to kind of get you juiced up. So. Cool, cool. So um, another thing I wanted to mention or uh, to really ask you and see what your thoughts were on everything, and I know this is something that you can really take a, um, you know, your, use this as a platform um, to voice your, your views, 
But I've seen where Baker Mayfield talked about he was going to be taking a knee uh, during this season uh, for, you know, everything that's going on in our country right now. Um, when it comes to the Black Lives Matter movement and everything, I was going to see, um, or really, I'm just interested to hear your thoughts on the whole uh, movement and how you're planning on um, using your voice and your, uh, the, you know, what you have, you know, with you being an NFL football player to really help the movement out. Um, and the first thing first, you know, I definitely, you know, I'm, I'm with Baker and I stand and support him, you know, no doubt. Uh, you know, just in the time that we're living in, man, it's it's tough, you know, because it's something that's been so deeply rooted. And, you know, there's been times where we've shined light on things, but it just kind of faded away, up, you know, over time. Um, but right now, I truly believe that um, with our generation that, you know, people are starting to kind of just say, like, you know, this shit's enough. Like, you know, something has to change. And it's not only just black people or the minorities. Like, you know, you have people like white people that's starting to speak out more too. And they're, you know, they're not accepting, you know, just, Oh, I'm just going to turn the other cheek. You know, I know it's bad, but I'm, I'm just going to turn the other cheek because it's uncomfortable. They're starting to speak out. They're starting to um, learn, learn things and actually reach out and try to be educated and learn things. So like it's in itself, you know, it's beautiful to see, but it just lets you know, um, you know, there's a lot more work to do. And, you know, it's, it seems like every day you have, a new video of someone that's, you know, again, you know, beat by the police or just someone's that's dying at the hands of the police or like, or just, you know, suffering from the systematic oppression, whether that's, you know, just housing or job opportunities or just, you know, just trying to go eat, you know, at a restaurant. Like, so it's tough, man. But, you know, for me and, you know, as well, a lot of guys, I feel like you have to speak out. You have to use your platform because, you know, that's, that's where, you know, people notice you. Like, you know, you have all, you have a huge following. And, you know, may not be as huge as others, but you speaking out like someone is listening, someone is watching and you can probably um, influence someone to, you know, you know what, I need to go out and um, speak out. I need to go protest. I need to go donate and do these things. Um, for me, you know, I, I went to protest here in Nashville. Um, I've been donating to different um, funds. I'm currently um, getting talks with, um, you know, my team with participating in like different virtual townhouses, just speaking out on the behalf and just kind of just sharing experience that I've, you know, went through, you know, growing up as a kid. So, I mean, it's definitely a start. Um, you know, it's only the beginning, but um, just seeing the progress and just the things that has been going on and just how many people are actually speaking out and staying on that. It's, um, it lets you know that, you know, the future is bright. Which is really good. And, you know, it, it baffles me how some people, you know, they call them fans of sports, but when they see a professional athlete or basically any athlete um, stand for something or something, you know, that's political, a part of the world. I mean, mm -hmm. just because you're a professional athlete or any type of athlete doesn't mean you're not allowed to speak. Uh, you see a lot of people be like, oh, I'm, I'm not watching the game anymore. Or, oh, I'm not rooting for that player anymore because he spoke up about this and that. Shut up like the shut up and dribble. Yeah. Or just play ball. I mean, these you're just because you're an athlete don't mean you're not a person. Doesn't mean what happens in the world don't affect you. So, right. and plus, because of your platform, that is when you should speak. That is when you should stand and do the things that you need to do to help the better the world. And because I have, I was saying some things today about the uh, Mississippi State player, and he was like, "I'm not going to play until they change the flag." And all you saw in his comments uh, were, take his way in scholarship. Make him um, play. We don't need him. He's, 
he's worthless to Mississippi State football. Or uh, I saw one say, uh, take away his scholarship to the point where he can't pay for it anyway. The only way, the reason why he's going to college is because of football. You know, using that negative stereotype of black players only go to college for sports and he can't go for anything else. They're not smart enough to do that. You know, and yeah, and it's wild because these they cheer for you when you're playing, you're scoring touchdowns, making plays for their team. But when it comes to something political, the whole thing changes, and yeah. you're like, "Wait a minute, now I mean, I'm not on yeah. your. I'm only. I'm only your entertainment. I'm. All, that's all I am to you. So pretty much, you know. And that that that's a. I'm I'm glad you're using your platform, and I'm glad multiple players are using their platforms. Um, I, we, recently we saw the Patrick Mahomes and LeBron James are, are now doing a United Movement together uh, for mm-hmm. Black Lives Matter, and and. And and this is a big thing because this is this is not just something that is just going away. This is a uh, turning point in world history uh, oh, because uh, this is major because it's, it's needed. I mean, it has went on for, uh, for too long, and uh, there's a lot of people that uh, don't understand that for all the years that a lot of black people and minorities have had to go through. Um, it's, it's about time. It, it, it's been time. It's not about time. It's been time. But yeah. I'm glad that people are standing up for what they believe is right and what is right. Not what we believe, but what is right. Because everyone should be equal. There shouldn't be no 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 tears or, mm-hmm. or one higher than the other. So I've I've even found myself um, you know, at, at different points being, you know, I'll I'll even admit it where, you know, I've I've gotten upset with, you know, athletes that have gotten uh political at some point just because, you know, I and and I'll still defend it somewhat, but, you know, I, I love watching the game. You know, I don't want anything coming between, you know, watching the game. I, I love, um, you know, watching sports. Sports is something that, that's huge for me. It's, it's you know, something I want to continue to work in, and it's something that's always brought me joy, you know, growing up. And, um, you know, for instance, when the Colin Kaepernick stuff was going on, I, I will admit that, you know, at first I really wasn't, you know, all about it because – I felt like it was all you ever saw, like on Sports Center for a little bit. Like you know, we couldn't ever talk about like highlights or something like that. You know, I'm just like, come on, I just want to see that the fun stuff. But it's done out to the point where you're right. It has to. It has to have that kind of focal point. We have to look at this kind of stuff because, you know, that was you know that was early. What that that was like in the that was when we were in high school, when I was in high school. So Four like years 2013, ago, 2013, And the stuff, yeah. the stuff still happening that you know that he was taking the knee for. And I get it that people were upset that, you know, he was taking a knee during during the national anthem or, you know, yeah. But it, he, I don't think he was doing – he wasn't doing it out of, out of disrespect. Really, he was just trying to uh, take a stand. And if you really want to stick out, you know, I've mentioned this in an older podcast, you know, um, I'm pretty sure what kind of the thought process was when everybody else is standing, why not I take a knee? You know, you definitely stick out like a sore thumb then and you're standing for something like that. So – it's time that, you know, athletes really start taking a stance and, you know, really pushing this kind of stuff. And I really do think there's going to be a change. You guys are definitely right um, with all these athletes gaining, getting together. You know, like you said, LeBron, uh, Patrick Mahomes, they're doing the whole voting thing now. So now they're pushing um, minorities to go vote and for there to be equal voting, you know, not restricted. So I think we're going to definitely see some changes out of this. That, that's just coming from a, a white guy's perspective, I guess you could say. Well, and you're right because um, it's funny how fans talk about you know politics and being sports, and I, and I and I can see where they come from because a lot of people when they watch sports they want to watch it because 
they get their mind away it's from it. It's an escape, yeah. It's an escape. But you have to remember, sports is a major part of the economy. It really it, it helps sure. bring it helps brings money for the economy. I mean, when March Madden is not playing, a lot of people lose money. Cities lose money. When the NFL's team's not playing, cities lose money. I mean, you obviously saw it when LeBron James was in Cleveland. They talked about how their uh, economy was blowing up. Like, it yeah. was at its peak when LeBron James was in Cleveland. When he left and went to Miami, it was one of the worst years they ever had, literally. For real. Because, I mean, that's how much sports affect cities, states, and really the entire country. And I would say the entire world, like, sports really help the economy on how it grows and surfaces throughout throughout um, the world. And, and to say that you can't speak on that stuff mm-hmm. is is mind-blowing. Yeah. It's a, it's a stigma that's being broken, and I'm, I'm glad it's being broken because, like you said, like it, it was at the point where people weren't even respecting these athletes' opinions just because, oh, you're just a jock, you know, you're just a, you know, a stupid athlete. No. Yeah, you, you, can, you can be more yeah. than an athlete. Like you said, you can – you can do more than just play your sport. You can have you can have a view, and you can you can push that. And I mean, you you see some athletes out there. I think they could run for office. You know, we talk about yeah, me and Tay, right? Le- LeBron James, right? I could see that man running for office. <laughs> yeah, I really could. I really could see him doing it, and he can win. I really think he can do Probably, it. So, hey, honestly, hey, ain't no doubt. Hey, you right, ain't I mean, gonna lie to which, you. You could be. I mean, it's crazy that you said that because I mean, you look at it. Um, when first person that comes to mind, um is Maya Moore. I mean, she's she's gave, she's given up, like, you know, her career to fight for social injustice. And, you know, right. and when you have, you know, people like that, um, that she's doing that work, um, you know, it's like, man, it's, you know, it's everything. And, you know, you know, everyone, you know, wants us to shut up, you know, shut up and dribble, shut up and play. But, you know, in a black community, um, you know, we're just being real if you look in that, you know, you look at role models, you know, it's not someone that's, oh, he's an, he's a lawyer. He's a doctor. Like, you know, people look up to entertainers. They look up to rappers. They look up to singers, um, f- you know, famous people like a Tyler Perry or something like that, or like your athletes. And, you know, they look up to them when we all know that, you know, you should have someone else that should be like your leader of, you know, or like a role model outside of sports. But in the grand scheme of things, that's what, that's what, you know, a lot of people look up to. And, you know, including myself. So it's almost as if, like, you have to speak up because you know that. You know the, pe- the, the people that you're coming, that you're speaking out to and speaking for. Because if someone from that environment speaks out, it's it's just going to be like a, a fly on the wall. Like, you're not going to even notice it. You're going to look over it. And um, even if it's flying around your face, you're still going to slide it away until it's not there anymore. But if you have someone like a LeBron James, like a Stephen Curry, or like a Pat Mahomes speaking out, you can't help but to listen because it's going to be everywhere. It's going to be plastered everywhere. You, it's, you, you, you can't ignore it. And, you know, that's what's going on now. You know, it's not just one guy here. It's not one guy there. And, you know, go back to the cap incident. It was just him. It was. You know, making, and along, you know, with, you know, with a few guys like Eric Reed and different things. Like that. Yes, but right. now you have so many guys that steady and speaking out on it. You, you can't help, but it's, it's, it's unifying us, you know, as a whole. And, um, like a lot of people are gonna to have to just realize that outside of like everyone that plays a sport at the end of the day, they're human also. And a lot of these athletes like LeBron James, and I remember seeing a tweet on um, Bradley Bill tweeted a while back saying that, you know, people act like I've been rich my whole life, like I didn't come from yeah. these 
like I that's did. That's right. They were ripping that's him. Right. People were ripping him, man. I, I hated it. I, I've been liking what Bradley Bill's been saying, and they, they've been just tearing him it's, apart. I, you know, it's, it's tough because you look at it, like, including myself, man, like, it, this hasn't always been my, you know, case. Like, you know, my mom's a single parent of four. Um, you know, she's she's been through some things. I've seen some – I've experienced a whole lot. And, you know, I, that's why I share my story, you know, even you know, growing up because people kind of – you get to a certain point and you make it to this point where, you know, you're – now you're financially blessed. Like, you're you're on the top. Like, you have a nice following. Like, you're playing in pro sport. People think that you can't still, you know, experience, um, you know, racism or – that what all you what all you did went through like that's all that's over with now like you can't speak on it because you're doing this now yeah. like no like everyone that's played a sport has been up through something you know similar and have and have those troubling times and yes we're going to speak out on it why because we've been through it but now we have a platform to where we can get it out there and have people listen and yeah. speak it not only for ourselves but for everyone else back home Yes. Yeah, you, you're right about that. And I, and I like what you just said. Don't ever forget the bridge that brought you over. That's you know, right. the, all, the whole everyone's life. I mean, a lot. And you think about it, a lot of the athletes, you know, they do come from um, having tough times starting off and they had to fight to get where they are. And it just it just crazy um, how people talk and say that these guys are not allowed to speak. It's just it's just mind blowing. And. I'm glad. I'm I'm really happy. Like I'm really happy of what I'm seeing right now and I just hope it continues. For sure, for sure. Well, um, any other things you guys wanted to cover before we end the show? No. All right. Great to have you, Tate. Man. Yes, man. You. Thank you for having me, man. Yeah, no problem. Well, thank you guys for listening in. You can continue to listen to us on Spotify and Apple Podcast. It's the TNT Podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter at the TNT Podcast. Um, like, sh- uh, subscribe, share, and we'll see you next time.